Hi, and welcome to Whole Heart Transformation. I am Melissa Alguera, your personal identity life coach. Let's go to the podcast. Hey guys, welcome to my podcast. Well, this is a amazing time of the year because it's busy, it's crazy, it's Christmas. (laughs) And so I didn't release a podcast last week and I thought, you know what? I don't have a ton of time today, but I'm just going to do a short one today. I want to talk today about why verbalizing your experience is vital to healing. And I'm not talking about verbalizing in the sense of like sharing your story, because a lot of people do that. A lot of people will tell their story over and over and over to many people, and they're not seeing the healing results that they'd like to see. And that's because when we're telling a story, we're using a specific part of our brain in order to share the story. When we are verbalizing from a place that is felt, then we are now sharing our experience plus showing in our body what's happening. And so let me give you an example. Um, a lot of times with my clients, maybe for decades, you know, they weren't able to share with their parents the pain that they experienced in relationship with them. They weren't able to verbalize the cost of being stifled or pushed away or, um, invalidated. And then, you know, they'll get in a session with me and I'll say, all right, let me hold the space of mom or let me hold the space of dad or let me hold the space of a spouse or a sibling or a friend. And I'm like, what do you want to say to this person right here, right now? Like if I hold their space, what do you want to say? And it's amazing what happens. Like if they can really allow themselves to feel with what they're sharing that is happening. So, so let's say they want to tell the story. I was chronically invalidated as a kid and, you know, here's what happened when I was invalidated or, you know, I was dismissed because they didn't believe me or whatever. And, you know, they are now experiencing some of those feelings and sensations in their body as they're sharing this story. And if I can get them to slow down and, and say, all right, what's happening in your body right now as you're sharing this, you know, sometimes they'll just talk about how they're feeling you know, a heat sensation in their chest or their face or, you know, something in their gut. And so in order for them to verbalize, they need to be able to be in touch with their body. We have to be in touch with our body to verbalize what needs to be said in order to heal. I know it sounds crazy because we spend so much time pushing body sensations away, which is why a lot of us have anxiety, we need medication for it because we are pushing away whatever is causing the anxiety. You know, usually what's being pushed away is valid feelings that we have 
or feelings of stuckness that we're not able to move or change our situation. And so we end up in anxiety and depression because of that. But when we can get curious what's happening with those sensations in the body, you know, and this is going to feel kind of maybe uncomfortable for some people who are listening that have been used to pushing away body sensations. But the reality is, is we are designed to have an alert system in our body when something is wrong and off. And that alert system can lead us to those deeper things that are in the subconscious that we don't really know about. And I would say, I would say 9.99 times out of 10, (laughs) if I ask a client where they feel it in their body and what this part of their body would say, they have something to say. And then we know where to go with that. Like, okay, who do we need to verbalize this to? Who, Who needs to know this? And then we can get in this role play position where you know, where they can speak to the person as if the person is present. And here's the kicker, okay? Because I work with a lot of clients who are Christian and they they believe for whatever our dysfunctional belief system is uh, in Christianity, that going to God is the only way. But let me tell you something. It's a really, really slippery slope with only going to God, because he's not a present person. God made us as people to be, um, to help us out of aloneness by being with another person and fully verbalizing, feeling, and expressing our experience with another brain, where we can see facial cues, acceptance, rejection, whatever. We we need that. Not not the rejection part. I just mean so we know who is with us and who is not. We we are created to be with people in our healing. And the biggest disservice that we've encountered in our church culture is you just go to God only. That leaves us with a, what we call a one brain system where we don't have another person to mirror back something that we're saying, or maybe they maybe sharing their feelings about the situation that you're sharing, what's coming up for them. And then it's like, it unlocks something. It's, it's the most wild thing. I've seen it over and over in my groups and in my individual coaching where Somebody will say, I've been going to God about this for months and months and months, and I've been telling him everything, and I didn't get any healing, but oh my gosh, I, I sit with you or in the group, and all of a sudden, something is shifting. And so we, what we do with our, with my, what I do with my clients is, you know, I'm like looking for change, right? Like, well, how do we know when we've changed? Well, there's a couple things. When we start to verbalize that which has been demonized, like, no, you can't say that. You're not allowed to go there. You know, and we control and seal what really needs to be said. 
it's like um I, I did a post the other day on instagram it's like sitting in stagnant water i mean think about stagnant water it's it's disgusting it attracts mosquitoes it attracts you know mold and it attracts moss you know moss can be pretty but let me tell you you know it's like not not all moss is good you know or whatever bacteria builds up in that you get the point okay i'm not a scientist <laughs> you get the point you wouldn't drink stagnant water we're told not to drink stagnant water because it's actually not good for us like we drink something that is in motion and there's a reason for that because it is it is healthier but stagnant water builds all kinds of things in it that we don't want and that's what happens to us as people when we've been holding in everything inside of our body holding in what needs to be said holding in um, emotion holding in body sensations and it's like becoming like the stagnant water inside of us and it's just becoming more toxic internally when we can allow ourselves to verbalize in the right way and that's key again you know a lot of people think if i just go tell a story i mean people do this a lot in therapy they just go and talk about their story on repeat and they're not getting anywhere and that's because it's not a felt experience in the moment but we can when we can feel it in the moment and then express in the moment what's happening inside and how this affected you and in a role play situation with the person that we need to talk to with another person doesn't have ever have to be with the person that has harmed us our brain knows it needs another person to have this dialogue with to have this space of healing with our brain knows that our body knows that and yet you know we see a lot of toxicity because we aren't doing this because we aren't verbalizing the things that need to be said. And with that, I just kind of feel like I've I've seen this so much. And it's really sad as number one, as a person who's been trained in this now to to see this that wow, like you could have a turnaround in one hour. And yet the stagnant water feels safe and comfortable because at least you know what you're getting when there's movement we don't know where we're going i mean just think about a river we we did a river float um in the summer this year we went to the kern river and i grew up on the kern river we used to go every year and we get our inner tubes and we float down and let me tell you something when you don't know what's on the other side of maybe a little drop or you don't know how the the river ends on the next you know next uh rapids <laughs> set of rapids you're like oh shoot like oh my gosh like is this is it gonna be okay 
And so it can be so scary to allow that movement because we don't know what's on the other side of that. But with stagnant water, you can see what's going to happen. And yet, as I'm thinking about this river analogy, I'm like, oh my gosh, there was like this one, this one area where we would, okay, so we go down these rapids, these little rapids. And then there was this one area that's just like, it's, it's kind of not technically stagnant. It has a little bit of movement to it, but in that little bit of movement is still all this mucky mud and it's disgusting and you don't want to step in it because it's so gross. And it's like, oh, like your toes are like full of this mucky mud. I know you know what I'm talking about. And, you know, it was nice to float in parts of that area where it was moving a little bit because that water wasn't disgusting. But in order to get into the inner tube, you had to step in that mucky mud. And I'm just thinking about this and remembering how, you know, it's like you you have a goal, like you want to get in the tube, but you have to be able to face that stagnant water in order to get into the tube to go in that flowing water into the rapids and the unknown. And I think that this is why we get stuck because the stagnant water, even though it is disgusting, it feels safer because it's shallower, it's, it's known. But there is no life there. There's no life there. And the life that's there, well, there's no good life there. The life that's there is not the life that you want to build on. It's not the life that you want to have. And it takes a lot of courage and strength to be able to step into the other side of that stagnant water. So many times when I'm with my clients and I'm like, hey, like, let's, how would it feel to like express this to this person, what's coming up inside of you, this anger, this, this sadness. And many times they can't even do it with me. Like if I hold the space, they're not even able to do it with me for multiple reasons as part of them has been stuck for so long. And yet they're also now dealing with the issues of years of a stagnant place. You know, for this, many people, it can look like addiction. It can look like, you know, unwanted behaviors. It can look like disconnection and relationship. It can look like being a victim. It can look like never ever having intimacy that you long to have because this place of stagnicity, I don't even know if that's a word, but I'm, I'm coining it right now, <laughs> is safer than what's on the other side because the stagnant place is well known. And I feel, always feel so grieved at that, but I also, I also understand and respect each part of a person that, that longs to be in that place 
and that stagnant place that I respect that. Like I will never try to push them out of that place. And the reason is, is because there's a reason why they're in that place. However, I can also grieve the fact that they weren't able to move forward and move through. And I think a lot of us see this with our, the people that we love, our family and our friends. It's like, oh my gosh, like if you could just get help and like move through that, you would, you'd be so happy. You, you know, your life would be better. And this is why we need people because the people on the outside of us can see and know that. But the problem is, is how we're presenting that to people stops the person that needs the healing from getting healed because usually we're trying to give them advice. We're going from, you know, here's a, here's the logical resources. We call this the, you know, upstairs brain, you know, your prefrontal cortex and all that. This is where you're going to, you know, this is the, this is the reading material that you need to read and then you'll change. And then the person never does change. And we wonder why I gave them the resources. They didn't change. And that's because, and I hope you hear this, Because you can't change something from a conscious level down to the subconscious. You have to work it from the subconscious up. And so how do we get to the subconscious? (gasps) We get there by feeling the feelings in our body and getting curious with that. And then allowing anything verbal that needs to come from that to be in that place of what that experience is. I hope this makes sense to you because this is the game changer. This is where I've seen transformation and this is how people heal. So this is my short little tidbit and my little bit of a rant today. I'm, I'm, I'm loving this topic and I hope you have too. Merry Christmas and thanks for listening. If you have found today's podcast helpful, please like, subscribe, and share. If you are interested in coaching with me, go to www.identitylife.coach. And you can also find me on Instagram, identity.life.coach.